Good morning, guys, and welcome to the Checkup Podcast. Uh, today, you got me, Caleb Willard, and my boy, Riley Dembowski. Riley, what how you do, baby? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we got a couple things we want to go over today. This weekend, obviously, in the beginning of this week, we had the Bucks tie up the final series. We're going to get into that. We're going to yeah. review a little bit of what I've said in previous episodes, and uh, we're going to see if I was right or wrong. Um, Riley, I think I was right. <laughs> I think I was right on a few things, so we're just going to review it. Uh, we're going to go over a couple takes I've heard um, break national media, and we're going to go over why they were a little bit of clickbait. Yeah, um, sure. And then <laughs> this weekend we had one of the I would say most hyped up cards of uh, probably the most hyped up it, card well, of, the it, year. of the of the year easily. I mean, it's yes. sold 1.8 million. That's oh, isn't that insane? That's dude, that is ridiculous. So McGregor 1. really, million. yeah. McGregor. So for y'all that don't know, 1.8 million pay per views is the second most in UFC history behind the McGregor Khabib fight. Which was what? What did that one? That one tallied over one point nine, right? Oh yeah, that almost broke two. That, that yeah, almost that broke was two. Oh my gosh! All two right, but we'll we'll, we'll get into that. You know, let's let's discuss last night and um, you know why I <laughs> why I kind of starting to agree with you on the uh, not necessarily Chris Paul slander, but maybe the fact that his effect is just a tad bit overrated. You know. No, okay, yeah, so let's, we'll get into it. Like I said, I've said this the last two episodes. I've tried to clarify. It's not Chris Paul slander. You know, when, when we talk about Chris Paul, Chris Paul is guaranteed top 10 point guard of all time. Uh, Chris, But we're also dealing with the greatest point guards of all time. I won't right. talk too badly about Chris. You know, everybody has a bad game. Book had a bad we're game. We're in a game point three. guard era, you know. This is. Yeah, right. We're, like I said, we're dealing with goats. These are the greatest of all time. So. Right. Let's uh let's get into it. So last night the Bucks beat the Suns in the second home game for the Bucks. Uh the final score, I think they ended up winning by six or seven. I believe it was one oh three to one oh eight. Yeah, one oh three, one oh eight, one oh three, one oh nine. It was a super so the the Suns were actually up by nine at one point yeah, in the game. In the fourth quarter, I believe, In the too. fourth quarter, In the too. early for, fourth quarter, I believe, they were up by nine at one point. Um, and, I, you know, I've never been big on Giannis. You know, me being a, a big Miami guy, I've never been big on Giannis. I'm the first one to criticize him. But when I saw that block on Aiton off of the lob last night, it, it it gave me, you know, LeBron James vibes. I mean, that completely turned the tide of the game. You could just feel the momentum change, and, and the building was electric the entire oh, yeah. night, re- regardless of the score, When even when the Bucks were down nine. The building was still electric, you know, and, and Giannis just came out and did his thing. You know, he's not – he's shooting 60 – he's averaging – okay, he's averaging 32.3 points, 14 rebounds. And he's doing that on 61% from the field goal range. Mind you, he's shooting 18% from three-point. But, but does that really, at, at this point, if no, you're really putting up, the, yeah, if you're really, and he's averaging five assists on top of that. So 
you know, if you're really putting up these kind of numbers, I mean, we're talking about, dude, we're talking about some crazy numbers here. And, and like I said, I'm the first one to, to slander Giannis any chance I can get. But I mean, you know, averaging 39 minutes a game, man, that's he's, he's playing his heart out, you know, and the same can be said for Chris Middleton, who's having a phenomenal series. So uh, we're, we're going to get to Chris Middleton. I'm going to get to Chris Middleton second because Chris Middleton went shot for second on the team, night. you know? <laughs> yeah, no. He, no. He's the second. Yeah, wait, so that's a good – we're going to clarify that later, right? He's definitely the second best player on the team. But he went shot for shot with Book last night. Great yeah, game. he held his ground. Um, you talk about Giannis going off this series. So I want to talk – I'll give this stat out for you all. So there's a statistic, it's called PER, you know, it's, it's the player's efficiency rating, okay? Books, so Devin Booker's player efficiency rating is 14, okay? Um, Chris Middleton and Chris Paul both have, or maybe, no, 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 I think it's actually, Chris Middleton has a efficiency of 14. Chris Paul has one of 17. Giannis has one of 22 in the postseason this year. That's the gap. Yeah. When you That's put that in, I don't. Yeah. I don't care if he shoots eighteen percent. Look, Giannis. Giannis is the most dominating player in the NBA right now, and there's a big gap. Like the only other players that can compete with Giannis's level of physicality is Joel Embiid, but Joel Embiid's hurt all the time. Yeah. All the time, you know what I mean? He's never right. right. He's, he, because of the physicality, <laughs> and, <laughs> exactly. and and that's the, and then there's what Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is hurt all the time too. They literally they cannot <clears throat> handle that kind of physicality night in night out. Giannis and, has spent the last three years playing his heart out every single game at that mm-hmm. level. People don't people don't realize it, but Giannis averaged 28 points a game this year. The only reason he's not he wasn't an MVP discussion, which he shouldn't have been. I'm not saying he should have been. But the only reason he wasn't is because for the past two years, we've we've watched Giannis dominate offense and defense. We said, okay, you're MVP. He goes into the playoffs and he doesn't perform. And and this year we got sick of it, right? You know, he he got <laughs> he got beat down by the Heat. And after that run, we were like, all right, we're done with the Bucks, right? So and yeah. I was talking to I was talking to Nick. Um, Nick is the guy that's been at the podcast the last two shows. Right. So we were talking before the playoffs started. You know, he's asking me, uh, who do I think? You know, who do I take where? And I told him when the Bucks Miami series started. I think I told you this too, Riley. Is that it's going to be scary with the Bucks because the Bucks came into this postseason with two things they didn't have last year. Okay. They came in one, I guess three things. They came in with PJ Tucker and Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is one of the best defenders in the league. Very dude, he's very all, solid all around player. He's he's got Drew Holiday's got to be a top five like two way player in the league. I, I mean, he's elite defense mm, for the past yeah, few years. Makes an argument for that for yeah, sure. Yeah, top I mean, five, top ten, whatever you want to say. PJ Tucker. Is just plays defense. He's an old head vet. Knows Zero his role. points Doesn't... last night. Five fouls. Right. No. No. He's not. He's not there to score at all. He's just there to play defense. He That's gave been up his that corner shot role. a long time ago. Yeah. No. Yeah. He gave that up with Houston after he left there. <laughs> okay. But here's the other big thing they came into this playoffs with, and that was zero expectations. Nobody had confidence in them. Nobody expected anything from Giannis. 
Uh, most people predicted the Heat to win that series. Am I wrong? Yep. No, I mean, I certainly had, right? my, had my hopes high. So they came in with, you know, every series that, that the Bucks have played in, they've been the underdog. Uh, should, you know, I mean, I'm not saying they beat a healthy Nets team, but they go, they went into the Nets series, the underdog. They went into the Sixers series, the underdog. People thought that, you know, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were going to, yeah, as much as eating I on them, the Bucks. I love, I love to see them beat the 76ers. That was, I love that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I loved every second of that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. And then, and then they came into the Sun series, and the two things I've heard, all, I mean, and this stuff has been plastered all over ESPN, is that the Bucks have the worst, have a worse team than the Suns, and that, and this is the one that really bothers me, and that Giannis isn't the number one on the team. It's Chris Middleton, and and yeah. the. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say the analyst's name, okay? But this <laughs> analyst came out and said, and I quote, that Giannis is the Robin to Chris Middleton's Batman. And I gotta say, that's I mean, that's up there for me, like top five worst takes I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was just you. I mean, for starters, you know, like I said, we won't say the analyst's name, but you gotta take into it. <laughs> You gotta take into account that I mean it is that particular analyst. And, I mean it, it's whatever you know. Giannis Giannis heard that shit and he shut that shit down immediately. You know he he heard everybody. He heard the slander. He heard the the oh you you choke in the playoffs. You know what MVP chokes in the playoffs? What you know? Um, and it even showed this year because last year they made a very you know Bucks fans were livid with Mike Budenholzer that. Um, you know, Giannis wasn't guarding Jimmy Butler, which, you know, I was True. I was very, you know, surprised at that myself. You have a two-time defensive player of the year. Why isn't he guarding Jimmy Butler? Why is Jimmy Butler torching your team when you have, you know? And so he came out this year. What did he do? He stuck Butler the entire series and forced him to have, you know, a very subpar series, which resulted in a sweep. And that was just... I mean, they made they made the changes. You know, they did the one thing that the Heat didn't do this year, and they, that that's they got better. They they made an agenda and they followed it. You know, Miami yep. scrapped for players. You know, they got Trevor Ariza, who I'm not discrediting by any means, but I'm saying, you know, you make all these oh. midseason pickups. Yeah, you make all these midseason pickups as opposed to the Bucks, who made all these offseason pickups. Leaps. Already have that. Already have that chemistry developed. Already have played you know, half the season together, you know, you, you can't expect to compete with a team like that. Um, and, and from the get go, I had a feeling that the Bucks were going to be at the finals this year. I don't know what it was like. I, sh- I literally should have put money on it because it, this feeling was just, um, it was overwhelming. Like, I don't know what it was beginning of the year. I was just like, once they acquired Drew Holiday, I was like, these motherfuckers are going to the finals. Man, um, Drew Holiday was such an underrated like signing. And like I said, Nick and I have been on this the entire time. We were, mm-hmm. Big supporters of Drew. We've been wanting, you know, Drew's obviously struggled on the offensive end some games, but that's that's not his game. It's yeah, not the his defense game. is always there, regardless. You know, he puts the work in on defense to where if he's not he's not able to score, he's going to get you some assists and he's going to play his heart out on defense. You know, he's he's pretty self aware to the point of where you know if he's not if the shot isn't falling, he's going to try to focus on other aspects of his game, which I think is respectable. You know, it's what makes him one of the better two-way players in the league. 
Yep. Yep. So, like I said, I've I've heard the two takes. We're going to break them both down. Uh, the first is that the Bucks have the worst team, uh, you know, out of the two teams. The Suns have a much better team. And I yeah. got to say, I don't believe that. So we're going to we're going to start. I want to start with the fact we're going to start with the two stars, the two number ones, which is whether you like it or not. It's Devin Booker and Giannis. OK, yeah. and there's undoubtedly. Undoubtedly, right? I mean, Book just had 40. Chris Paul just had 10 points. That's right. Chris Paul yeah. had 10 points last night. Okay. Chris's plus or minus was negative 10. I love Chris. Okay. Chris, top five, top 10 point guard of all time. I'm going to clarify that, right? But <laughs> his plus, he had the, he had a very ugly turnover late in the game that just completely that cost the game. That, yeah, it, it definitely cost the There was the no game, debate you know? on who was, yeah, right. It was in the game after that. That sealed it. That was done. Yeah. Um. So Giannis, Giannis is leaps and bounds better than Book right now. Giannis is is every single night. Giannis is there. At least twenty five points a game. At least ten rebounds. You you even get assists out of Giannis. You get the fouls out of Giannis. I mean, like and, it's, yeah. it's every single night. There is never that is the biggest difference between superstars and stars, or even Devin Booker, where you have a star trying to emerge as a superstar, okay, is every single night you get the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking Giannis over Book. The number two option is Chris Middleton or Chris Paul. Yeah. Um, so, uh, well, you could honestly make the case that during this finals, that like you know, actually, and even maybe throughout the playoffs, that DeAndre Ayton should be considered the second because dude is putting up almost you know twenty twenties every game. Like that's that's ridiculous. He's pretty much controlling um, the tempo of the game for the for the uh, Suns when it comes to the paint. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. you know it, he's been outstanding. I mean, literally outstanding. This uh... I will say. Is that in this series, DeAndre Ayton is facing the first like true center he's played against this entire postseason. And, and you, not, you not can, center, yeah. not center. Let me say let me rephrase that. Big. Okay. Because when they played, yeah, right. Because when they played the Lakers and Anthony Davis didn't play, he played two games and that was it. Okay? That was it. And and the games that Anthony Davis was healthy and you know dropped his 30, DeAndre Ayton was nice and quiet in the corner. Right. The next series, uh, they played the Nuggets with Jokic. Jokic is a great center, but he's not a true like he doesn't play like a big man. He plays like a like a small forward almost. You know, Jokic mm-hmm. is all about passing and he's not he's not a really like physical center. He's more finesse than anything else. And then Yeah, exactly. His his play style regards, you know, on post fades and post hooks and you know, mm-hmm. I mean you can make the case that he does have that physical side to him, but you can see that he relies more on the finesse side of his skill Absolutely. because of how much he gets injured. You know what I'm saying, dude? I'm like, yep. like it's it's almost to the point where you know you see this, you see New Orleans struggling still with this young core that they got from the Lakers, and and the Lakers already won a chip, regardless of if it was a mm-hmm. bubble chip or whatever. Um, they they won a championship, so automatically they won that trade. But you have to think, you know, with Brandon Ingram doing his thing in New Orleans and Anthony Davis only getting older, you know, how really how much longer does Anthony Davis have before he suffers a serious injury? You know, like at this rate, he's going, you know, so, so injury prone throughout his career. 
you know, yeah. it, it really makes you wonder just how just how, how long it'll be. Wanted. Right. Right, dude. And, and it's it's kind of scary to think about, you know, you watch him play and he does all that finesse and stuff. And you wonder, you know, if, if this play where he jumps up is going to be the one. Um, and there's a lot of players like that in the NBA. You know, it's just like pretty much any other sport. But it's when you're talking about Anthony Davis, I mean, this is a generational talent who mm-hmm. could potentially have his you know, career or not, you know, showcase his potential um, because of these injuries. Hey, you know, and a good comp was his teammate Boogie. Boogie blew his Achilles out. Done. And dude, the same. Yep. Dude, I mean, people, a lot of these NBA fans nowadays, they didn't watch Prime Boogie. Prime right. oh, Boogie that's fact. Prime was, Boogie a was a problem. <laughs> a problem is an understatement. Prime Boogie was getting like, 20 boards and easily dropping 34. 40, yeah, bro. That, playoffs. Dude, yeah. Prime Boogie was a was a problem and, and people wonder why he's still getting chances in the NBA because you know he every now and again he still showcases that you know he's right. still got all those coaches all those coaches coached against Boogie and like dang Boogie's mm-hmm. still putting up these kind of numbers. Look and that's my point is that he hasn't is that DeAndre Ayton in this playoff run has not played and and Giannis was hurt during I mean not Giannis uh Kawhi Leonard was hurt during yep. the Clippers series. So my point being is DeAndre Ayton you know the Suns have had it a little easy DeAndre Ayton especially has had it easier this playoff run, okay? And now he gets to play Giannis, who is undisputably the most dominant player in the league physically. Yeah, when it comes to physical, like you said earlier, there's no dude. Physicality, it is. Yeah, end of discussion. Mm Mhm. Anyway, so okay, so this series we were saying DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, whoever you want to say. Look, the Chris Middleton. The only reason I don't consider Chris Middleton a superstar is the consistency. The man is not the, the man is not consistent at all. You either get the forty and he wins you the game, or Chris Middleton takes a very inefficient ten point game. Yeah, bro, you know, it just cost us the game. So you could I understand if people take Chris Paul over Chris Middleton. Um, it's very close. It's very close, and you know. I would, I would actually, I'd rather compare Chris Middleton to Aiton, who I take Chris Middleton over the series, because I want to compare Chris Paul to, uh, I want to compare him to, oh my God, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, so people don't really understand, you know, Chris Paul's whole thing is, you know, assists and passing and setting other people up, right? Drew Holiday has like 0.2 less assists per game than Chris Paul this postseason. Yeah. He's more right. steals. More blocks. So Drew Holiday is the better defender. Better yep. defender right now than Chris Paul. He's passing just as well. Maybe a little less than Chris Paul, but Drew Holiday is definitely distributing. He's averaging almost, you know, like they're averaging neck and neck on points. The defense is just much better with Drew. Yeah, right. dude. And, and so that's where you make the argument that, you know, this, this Milwaukee team, which, by the way, is the tallest team in the NBA. Yeah, and we haven't talked about Brooke Lopez yet and P.J. Tucker. Who are both right. playing defense? Like they're right. both, both big physical, guys. Yeah. They're not both easy to get physical, yeah, guys. physical and not you know, easy to get buckets over. You know, and Brooke Lopez. I mean, dude, he, shit, he could give you he could give you thirty, and you know, any given night. I mean, you know, he's just and, and so I don't know if you saw it, but or heard about it, but last night, um, you know, they were saying uh, during the finals that Drew Holiday had texted Brooke Lopez. And, you know, told him how much he respected him and how much uh, Brooke did for this team that went unnoticed. And, you know, 
with just what a great guy he was. And, and you know, that, that really just goes to show you how, you know, Drew Holiday's only been there, you know, this year. This is his first year with uh, Milwaukee. And for him to, you know, go and say that to Brooke Lopez really showcases just what a great teammate and how underappreciated Brooke Lopez really is. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's a big, you know, that's a big, big praise from, uh, from Drew Holiday. For sure. Now I understand, you know, the Suns. I'm a big Jay Crowder fan. Um, I, I, I might take, <laughs> heat legend. I might, that's heat legend. Right. Yeah, Jay heat Crowder legend. You, Crowder. Crowder. I'm taking, you know, I'm taking Jay over PJ Tucker, but I'm definitely oh, yeah, taking Brooke, I'm taking Brooke yeah. Lopez over Michael uh, Mikel Bridges. Bridges. The, benches yeah, right, are, the benches are about the same as well. You know, you got Portis and Teague and uh, Brian Forbes coming off the bench. Brian yeah. Forbes is a bucket. Oh my yeah, god! Uh, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> right. And they got, I mean, and, and the Suns have, you know, a decent bench. They got Craig and Payne Johnson coming off. My point being is that this, it's not like the Suns have the overwhelming better team. I don't even know if they have the better. This has, the, this has never really been a discussion for me because if you have watched the Bucks play this year and not only this year, I mean, this, they have, yeah, they've had the same core of this team together. May, yeah. for for years now you know the chemistry the chemistry between them is you know is remarkable and that's not you know not to say that the Suns don't have remarkable chemistry but at the end of the day you can't you know this is you, you add Chris Paul this year that's a huge add you know that's a huge mm-hmm. addition for one year you know the, the Thunder did it and made the playoffs which was mm-hmm. just which remarkable. was a huge accomplishment yeah a huge accomplishment yeah. for Chris Paul in, in his career but when you look at it this way, you know, he comes to Phoenix. Phoenix was one point away from making the bubble, the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. One point away. If the Trailblazers would have won that game, they, they would have been in the bubble. They went, they went eight and no. You know what I'm saying? So, right. It's not like they weren't balling before. Exactly. So, that, so you know, when you add Chris Paul, which is a huge addition, huge to, addition. to a team, a team that already has that, you know, chemistry and and is working together such a young team you know i'm not saying they got obviously they got better but when it comes down to it chris paul's never been in a finals i mean neither has devin booker but but why would you add you know you would think you would add somebody if you you, if the team was ready to make a deep playoff run a finals run why would you add a leader who has never been you know in the finals himself And, and you're seeing that you know, you're seeing that right now. I mean, he's doing his thing. Like, you know, he's averaging 21 points this uh, this finals. 18, but, oh, in the finals, eight, sure, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the finals, he's averaging 21, you know, but so he 21 and eight assists. So he's he's doing his thing. Like, but in big games like last night when it mattered, he did not show up. Yeah, that was brutal. He did not, and, and in fact, not only did he not show up, he costed them the game with that late turnover, bro. So, and, yeah, and in my opinion, in my, and I said this, I, I called Nick a couple nights ago and I told him this. Um, last night was a must-win game. Yeah. Last night, last night was a must-win game. I, I said that before the game started. Yeah, and now the, the, the game, if the Suns win the game, the series is over. Yeah. If the Bucks win this game, they take all the momentum over to oh Phoenix. Gosh, dude, and who cares if they lose the next game? They're going to go back home and get it right yep. back. So, 
it's uh, the Suns are in dangerous territory. I uh, so I want and I want to get to this other point. So we we talked about this Batman versus Robin. Okay. And yeah. In my opinion, you know, we, we've watched some dynasties form over the past ten years. Right? Some serious, <laughs> yeah. Serious. Yeah. If you've been an NBA fan in the last ten years, right. you have watched one of the greatest eras of of basketball and. and you, oh yeah. Chances are, you, chances yeah. Chances are you've let social media pollute your mind to the point where you couldn't even appreciate it. But you're talking about the Spurs. You're talking about the Cavaliers. You're talking about Miami. You're talking about you know Dirk winning his first ring as an underdog against the the Miami Big Three. You know, um, you're talking about uh, just some historical moments in, in this decade, and it, it's almost a crime not to appreciate it. Um, and it's carrying on into this decade, too. You know, it's still going. Like, you know, you still have generational talent that comes into the league every year. I mean, look at Luca. Look at Trey Young, you know. Um, they, I mean, even even LaMelo, dude. LaMelo was for – he completely proved me wrong. I was just one of the biggest <laughs> – no, the, the league is getting the league is getting way better. That's just facts. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, look at yeah. So you no, get you, yeah, you get my point, man. Like at the end of the day, the league is you know this is one of you know this is actually this is the, one of the most talented leagues. Yeah. yeah, this is the most talented basketball has been in a while. And this is this is my point. All right, and hear me out here. The league is so talented now that it's not. It's not about who's Batman, okay? Batman, like, Batman is a given. Every team needs a Batman. Every mm-hmm. team needs a dominant figure. Like, a- any winning team needs that. Yeah. I'm not the worried only, about yeah. Batman, okay? Right. Giannis, like, I'm not even going to talk about this, who is Batman on the Bucks because it is Giannis. If you don't think it's Giannis, if you don't, so, if you don't think it's Giannis, man, in the, this playoffs, okay, this playoffs alone, Giannis has had, out of the 19 games that Giannis has played, he's had 30 points a game, 11 of them. Chris Middleton, out of the 21 games he's played in this playoffs, has had five 30-point games. When you look at the Suns, Devin Booker's had nine 30-point games. Chris Paul's had three. When you look at um, when you look at Jordan's run, all right, let's talk about Jordan's Michael Jordan's first three-peat, okay? Okay. All right, so let me let me share some. So Michael Jordan had the first three, uh, the first repeat, the first year he had eight 30 point games. The second season, he had the second postseason, he had 16 30 point games. The the third season, the third playoff run, he had 13 30 point games. The certified number two, like the most, you know, the most infamous Robin there is ever Scottie Pippen. The yeah. first series, the first playoff run had one 30 point game. The second playoff run, he had two. And the third one, he didn't have a single one at all. Okay, so it is very clear cut. Okay, who yeah. the number two is. But now let me let me move from this point. Okay, the number two guy on the team is who's is determining the outcome of the series. Okay? Yeah, because, like a hundred percent, dude. So Batman, 100%. like we understand who's Batman. Now we're gonna talk about just the Robins. Okay, so Chris Middleton. This is how good Chris Middleton can be. This postseason, when Chris averages more than 20 a game, when he scores more than 20 a game, the Bucks are 10 and 2. Man. Yeah. And when he scores less than 20 a game, they're 4 and 5. 
All right, and this goes for every single team. Chris Paul, when Chris Paul scores more than 20, the Suns are 6-1. and one. When he scores less than 20, they're 6-5. and five. Kyrie this postseason, when Kyrie scored, because Kyrie was the number two. Yeah. Kevin Durant was the number one. We're not talking like if you think otherwise, <laughs> bro. This you're gonna get roasted on this show, okay? Uh, Kyrie, we're gonna Kyrie start having call-ins, right? Right. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna screenshot in these text messages you are sending yeah. me, okay? So when Kyrie had more than twenty, Nets went five and one in the postseason. When he had yeah. less, they were one and two. John Collins, when John Collins, because Kevin Herter is not really the number two yet. He, he's he's no, he, he uh, is. That John solid Collins, board, yeah. yeah. And John played better than Clint, so we're going to go John Collins was the number two. John, went when he had more than 20, they went three and one. When John Collins had less than 20, they were seven for seven. Ben Simmons, the one game this postseason, when he put up 20 points, they won the game. All the others, their entire rest of the postseason run that Ben Simmons played, they went six and five. Anthony Davis. I mean, we can keep going. Anthony yeah. Davis. Yeah, when, Anthony, when Anthony was healthy this postseason and dropped more than tw- when Anthony dropped more than twenty, they were two and zero. When they didn't drop twenty, they didn't win a single game this postseason. How, right. how, how, how many so more do you want to hear? So it, there is right. So your point being that there is really no Batman and Robin. No, 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 no. See, that's not my point. My point is is that superstar Devin Booker is going to go off for forty. He's going to get his. Giannis, yeah. he's going to get his. They're superstars. They're not the ones who matter right now. Okay? I know Giannis is going to get 30 a night. I know that. Right, but what is what right? is the second going to do? My point is, is it's up to the second guy to come through. It's up yep. to so, – so this series, these teams are great. The superstars are great. This series comes down to Chris Paul and Chris Middleton. That's and, my point. And last night you saw what happened when Chris Middleton outplays Chris Paul because Chris yes. Middleton went shot for shot with Book. And that's you know, not okay. You will, you will not, not – they will not win a single game if Chris Middleton goes shot for shot so, with Book. Yeah. And so that, that raises the question, you know, what adjustments do the Suns make? Because you're, you're completely right, dude. Like the, the second is what's going to win this series, you know. Yes. Devin Booker is going to get his, you know, Giannis is going to get his, but what is, what is Chris Middleton and Chris Paul going to do? You know, and if Chris Paul, you know, if Chris Paul isn't going to come through, what is Deion, that brings the question, what is DeAndre Ayton going to do? Sure. Which one, who's going to take the Which one's going to take over? And that's where I think, that's where I think people get confused and say that, you know, the Phoenix, Phoenix automatically has the better team because they look at that big three and think that, you know, oh, big three is better than, you know, Giannis and Chris Middleton. So, but, you know, when you when you factor in that the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks have been playing together for a very long time, uh, you know, it, it kind of. And plus, I think the fact that they're the tallest team in the NBA goes so overlooked. I mean, you see it compared to. You see it compared to the Suns, who have, you know, a lot of smaller guards. I mean, they're having trouble getting their way in the paint, you know? Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. can't, like, they're, they're forcing jump shots, you know? And, and when the jump shots aren't falling, last night they started 0 for, 0 for 6 from three-point range. When the jump shots aren't falling, they're going to have to rely on pushing into the paint. How are they going to push into the paint if everybody on the Bucks is almost, you know, seven foot tall? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying, so I feel yep. like that's such an underappreciated factor in this in this series. Um, 
and the Suns. The Suns are young, dude. The Suns are oh, yeah. young, man. I mean, Devin Booker's only 24, which is crazy to think about. DeAndre yeah. Ayton, 22. McCall Bridges, 24. Cameron Johnson, 24. Cameron Payne, 26. And, and you can make the argument that, you know, a 26-year-old is in his prime. But, I mean, oh, we're, talking about, we're talking about Cameron Payne, dude, who, who just a couple years ago, the, the Chicago Bulls GM said, this dude is not NBA material. Yeah, facts. No, they're, they're just starting. They're just starting. Yeah. The Hawks are just starting. The, like we talk, Like I said, the, this point, my point was about talent in the league and how the num- it's now up to – it's not up to the number ones anymore. You know, Michael Jordan – I mean, that second playoff run, Michael Jordan had 16 30-point games. Mm-hmm. You know, in that day and era, like, you know, the number – it was very number one dominant. You know, if you had that, the best no, there's player, no question like, about that, right? dude. In that Today day, is different. Today is different. You know, Kevin, why did Kevin Durant leave the Thunder? Because his number two was slacking. How, yep. many, how many turnovers did Russell Westbrook have in his, in his elimination games? It was disgusting, mm. right? You know, yep. um, LeBron James, why did why could LeBron only beat the Warriors once? Because the number two was not feeling it. I mean, well, not that. Well, did he even have a number two? Yeah, number two, number two wasn't, wasn't touching Kevin Durant or yeah. Steph, whoever you want to say. What are you going to say, Kevin Love? Two. Kevin Love like, was his right. number. Like, oh, right. my exactly. God, out of here, so, man. Like, it was – LeBron did his thing for those finals. He did but, – but that's the perfect case to make your point right there is mm-hmm. that LeBron played his heart out those finals, it and it wasn't enough because he didn't have a number two or at least he didn't have a solid enough number two. Make His the same number point. two wasn't as good as the Warriors' number two. LeBron is always going to get his, but what is yes. his number two going to do? What's the number two going to do? And that's the point I'm making. So, mm-hmm. so this and and it look pressure matters. Okay. Yeah. All the pressure is on the Suns. Every single drop of it. When you turn on the sports radio, sports news, everyone's talking about Chris Paul. Chris Paul, and most people are assuming he's winning this chip, right? And and also all, all the pressure. If Chris Paul yeah. doesn't win, man, he's gonna get all the heat for it. He's gonna get all the praise. He's also gonna get all the heat. Giannis, mm-hmm. man, nobody cares about Giannis. They gave Rudy. <laughs> they gave Rudy go. They gave Rudy Gobert the Defensive Player <laughs> of the Year this year. They didn't even consider Giannis. <laughs> so, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna move yeah, on. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll cover but, uh, the UFC segment before it's I. Come, look, it's something to think about. It's something to think about. The number two. hundred percent. It goes for your favorite team. You know what I mean? What are the yeah. Warriors gonna be if Clay doesn't come back healthy? I don't know. We saw what the Clippers were without yeah. I mean, without uh, without Kawhi. And, okay, actually, I want to say one more thing before we go into UFC. Um, there's been a lot of Paul George slander over the years. Um, I get it for the most part, right? I've, I've, been a, I've attributed my fair. I have attributed, right? I've, I've said my <laughs> things about Paul George. I would like to appreciate Paul George for a second. Yeah, because he Paul really played, did his thing. So yeah, let me. So Kawhi hurt, you know, we get it. Paul George didn't have some, you know, had some struggling games. Paul George didn't have a single postseason game this year under twenty points, and I think that's really impressive. Yeah, that is that is he played 19 postseason games. He scored more than 20 every single one of them. I think that's really impressive. I think if Kawhi can recover from that surgery, they're going to be a problem. 
I would hope so because I, you know, I'm starting to believe that maybe him and Kawhi don't mesh. But that's a story for a different day. No, no, I we're gonna talk about that a different day for sure. But Paul George took some leaps this season. Still has it. Still has it. Yep. Still, still has, has it. it. That's what yep. he showed. So we're let's get into <laughs> UFC a little bit. Uh, so UFC two sixty four. Right. So Riley and I were talking a little bit about McGregor, about uh, you know our boy Sean O'Malley, talking about <laughs> the past and future. We can go ahead and start with McGregor. Um, you know, with McGregor breaking his ankle, I I was telling Riley the other day that uh, I think this is I think this is the end of an era. And that's coming from a huge Conor McGregor fan. I mean, yeah. Oh, that's... I'm a huge. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge. Yep, that's true. I'm a huge McGregor fan. Um, I'm a huge UFC fan, and we've watched. I think. I think this. I think it's the. I think this generation is now officially over. John Jones mm-hmm. is no longer fighting. Um, you know, I mean, Khabib, I, I, I mean, Khabib just Jones. turned down. Khabib just turned down a fight with George St. Pierre, yeah. the fight that yep. he had finally, you know, always been chasing. The fight that, you know, Dana White finally got got him into the UFC finally. like that. Yeah, Dude, finally got. You know, he had finally reached an agreement with George St. Pierre to to fight Khabib, and and Khabib said, "I'm I'm just really finished." Like you know, and so that just goes to show you that I mean, like it or not, we're nearing the end of the era. But at the same yep. time. You know, the Kamara Usman. Come on, man. That oh, I'm not saying I'm not excited. Woo-hoo. I'm excited for the new era. Um, oh, my God. I, I just want to take a second to appreciate this old era. Like, yeah, while you, you still know, have it. While, while you still have it. Because a lot of have it, Yes, because, you know, Connor, I mean, what Connor did for, Uf- for UFC, what Connor did for UFC was. I mean, the next comparison is for what Jordan did for the NBA. You know, Connor brought like people don't understand what the UFC was before. Like the UFC had you know great fighters before Connor. The biggest but stars before Connor, Connor, Brock Lesnar, Nate Diaz, and Nick Diaz. Right, and Nick, bro, Connor brought so much money. He brought so much publicity yeah. into the think, sport. Think of it this way. To, if you want to put into perspective for the people who started watching Conor McGregor win during the Floyd Mayweather fight or, you know, during the Khabib fight win, you know, for, for those people who, who didn't get to experience prime Conor McGregor, oh um, gosh. Put, this, put this in perspective. During his one round with Dustin Poirier, he made $23 million. <laughs> Dustin Poirier made five point one million dollars. Put that into perspective when you think about how much the UFC is worth, how much money Conor McGregor has brought to the UFC, how much attention he's brought to the UFC. When you think that Conor McGregor just got paid twenty three fucking million dollars, bro, for one round, one round. I think about this, John Jones, who is. The best all-time pound-for-pound fighter, right? Do you think, right? Do you think, bro? If he asked for twenty-three million dollars, do you think? Yeah. You think he, and Dana said no. No, that's and that's my point. That John it, Jones literally yeah. was boycotting the UFC because they're not paying him like Connor. Why? Because Connor sells that much more. It's not because Connor's better. No, it's not. No, it's, and I hate to break it to you. I hate to break it to you, but John Jones is. John Jones is way higher on the GOAT scale than Conor McGregor is. Right, and so for the fact for him to not get $23 million not even close. To, to fight 
you're you're talking about one of the, the probably the scariest heavyweight to date, or at least the most powerful heavyweight to date. Um, and and what will be one of the biggest fights in UFC history? I don't think that's asking too much, but just think about that when you think about how much Connor has done for the sport when it comes yeah, to bringing John attention Jones, and bringing fans. John Jones has defended his title fourteen times. It is that, like ten more more than anybody else in history has. Okay, John to Jones put it is in perspective, better than everybody else. To put that in perspective, Khabib defended his title three times. Yeah, I mean he quit, but yeah, and that's and that's what we're saying is that that's how much bigger John Jones is, and he's not getting near as John Jones is. There John Jones fight even top five in pay per views. No, I think I think Connor holds the I think Connor holds the the top five pay per views. Uh, I think he at least he at least holds top four. He he at least does. So McGregor's on his way out. He might have one more big fight, big money fight in him. Right, um, but the rest will be you know legacy scraps, maybe a Diaz trilogy. you know, yeah, um, yeah. Tony Tony Ferguson fight. Um, he's got his options whether he wants to pursue a quad fight with with Poirier because I mean at the yeah. end of the day, dude, Dustin made five point one million dollars for one round, dude. And and as much as I hate to say it, I mean Dustin did win that round. I don't think it was as bad as people initially thought, yeah, but, it was, but I, he did he, he did win hey, that look, round. You know, look, Dustin turned down the belt once for McGregor. He would do yeah. it again. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, and and McGregor's gonna need six months, dog. He he def- he can go oh. fight uh, Oliveira for the he can go fight Oliveira for the belt in Whoa. December and uh, win or lose, Bye, he's got that win or lose. Right. He's got that McGregor fight to fall back on because at the end of the day, McGregor wants it. Dana White sure as hell wants it, and yeah. Dustin is confident he can beat McGregor any and every time. So dude, why McGregor, wouldn't he take that easy paycheck? He will. Oh, he will. Dude, McGregor wasn't even on a stretcher before Dana White said there was going to be a fourth fight. <laughs> Literally. Literally. So, uh, but, you know, Nate Diaz is on his way out. GSP is on his way out. Jose Man, Aldo GSP is, is done, dude. Out. I mean, I think I, – I don't think anybody – you, you, we could – I mean, if GSP was willing to see fight Khabib, I don't know if that was just Dana's way of trying to pitch one last time to bring Khabib back. But uh-huh. if, if GSP is, was actually willing to come back and fight, could we potentially see a, a welterweight clash between Usman and, and GSP? That would be – I hadn't thought about that. That would be – I mean, I don't – look, I don't know how good that would be for GSP's legacy, but – I mean, um, you got to think about it, dude. GSP, I don't, I don't really know if he cares about legacy at this point. I mean, he got, he got knocked out by Matt Sarah, man. I mean, that's a – he's got a stain on his legacy already dude like you know he's got a stain on there um i'm not saying that you know he's still top three greatest of all time for me that doesn't change my opinion but you know at the end of the day i think he's looking to go in there and just put up a scrap you know and just you know at least that's what a legend would do that's what anderson silva did you know he fought izzy he he fought izzy and passed the torch to izzy practically right i mean we can yeah, and so we can agree. You know, that's that's I think the position that they're and, in. And you know, I think every I think every fighter will agree. You know what? And this is actually this is a quote from uh Dustin Poirier when after Connor Connor knocked him out in the first round, first time they fought. And afterwards Dustin went out and said, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Mm-hmm. And it's it's it is 
the way of I mean that's sports, right? Yep. That's sports well, in general. And not only sports in general, but MMA, man, the craziest sport in the world. Yep. Yep. So I'm excited for the new gen though. I'm excited we, for Ucon. Yeah, I'm that for Jiri. Yuri's Oh God, yeah. We'll we'll get on to that. I'm gonna cover yeah, for, we'll, yeah, we'll no. definitely have to cover that just a tad bit. But I, I want to get into Sean O'Malley before we kind of steer yeah, away from the for. So, um, so this is the other half of our conversation the other right. day with, was my what boy. What do you think of his performance? Where, so, I mean, obviously he had a great performance. Um, but take into account, you know, the level of competition he faced. Take into account yeah. the fact that he received multiple injuries, which – Warranted a, a medical suspension from the UFC, including, you know, broken, broken hands, injured hands. Um, and, and so you have to think, how is this dude supposed to compete at, with the with the top killers of of his division? I mean, you know, him and Cody Gobrant, Garbrandt going back and forth on Twitter, uh, you know, throwing shots. But I mean, Sean O'Malley is in no position to throw shots with, you know, one of the one of the better. Uh, Phantom weights of all time. Mm-hmm. So you know what I told. This is what I was telling Riley. First of all, I think it's pretty. I mean, I think it's pretty legendary that he broke his hands piecing up. It's pretty funny, but you got you got to question his. You got to no, question right. his so bone is, his durability. This is what I told. I first of all, for the audience, Riley and I are huge fans of Sugar. We're huge Sugar fans. Like. I love. I think he's he's kind of like Izzy in his creativeness of knocking yeah. people out, super slick. But it comes with <clears throat> it comes with its downside. They're both small. They're both very slim. Um, they're like no meat on bones. Uh, they got. I mean, he broke his hands fighting this man. Like, I don't even. I mean, you're a UFC fighter. Breaking your hands mid fight is kind of an issue. Yeah. Uh, but here's and here. But here is my biggest takeaway from the fight. It wasn't that he knocked him out because he was going to knock him out or TKO. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. I didn't even think it was a TKO to be honest. I but mean, I, 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 I could have let it go, but if he wanted to, if he wanted to see Chris Martino get hurt, but at the end of the day, you know. Uh, so this yeah. is my, my biggest takeaway from the fight is that Sean's defense is abysmal, and it really <laughs> scares me. It really scares me going forward, especially if he goes up a weight class like he's talked about doing and going to fight a Max Holloway or something. Yeah. So, so this man – so, I mean, Chris was very passive with his offense. I mean, Chris bar- – he barely took steps forward. But as soon as he took steps forward, Sean took like three steps backwards, okay? Yeah. He, he got himself caught onto the, you know, the ring side. I mean – Often, often. And if Chris was a better fighter, if he was, you know, a little bit more skilled, if this wasn't like his first UFC fight, you know, I mean, uh, uh, not his first UFC fight, but if he wasn't a baby. He fighter, landed his he shots, dude. He so landed dumb. his shots. He, he did land some. Sean slipped a lot of them. But my, my point being is, man, if Sean's only defense is backing up, that will not fly against a real fighter. Like you have to – one of my biggest – one of the reasons I love Nate Diaz so much is because Nate can take it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Nate, dude, Nate, Nate, Nate can take like every single punch you throw at him right on the chin, square on the chin, and then the fifth round, he can come knock your ass out, right? He don't Sean, give a O'Malley shit, is, Sean O'Malley's not like that. If, Sean, nope. if, Nick, if, if this guy – if he landed one punch, like one solid, you know, thought on his – it would have been over. Because okay, so, yeah. not, like I said, man, I'm nervous for it. 
his movement was terrible. I mean, his yeah. movement was his movement was good, but the defense was terrible. That would not work. That would not let's, work yeah, for a let's championship. Let's start talking about the people he'll have to go through to get to a championship, so that way people will understand just exactly why it won't work. So just in the top five alone, he's going to have to go through Car- Cody Goldbrandt, Jose Aldo, Rob Font, Corey Sandhagen, Peter Yan, and, you know, Al Jermaine Sterling is the current, you know, paper champion, yeah, right. I guess. Um, you know, it's, it's, we're, 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 no, don't even get me started. Don't even, don't yeah, even no, get I'm me not, We're not going to even talk about on that fight. bullshit. Okay, but regardless, <laughs> regardless, uh, you know, it's not like Al Jermaine didn't earn the title shot against Yan to begin with. You know, it, it, let's not take away from his skill just because he's a fucking crying bitch. Excuse my French. But, um... So I completely agree. It's it's that's a tough. That's path, a tough man. dude. And, and man, you're talking about Jose Aldo too. I I think that's kind of an inevitable fight for for Sugar. I mean, um, and Jose loves the body shots, loves the leg kicks. Sean's legs are made out of popsicle sticks, dude. What what would Jose Aldo do to Sean's body and, and legs? You know, and we're seeing such a dramatic increase. In leg kick use, you know, uh, the Poirier fight, the second one with McGregor, great example. If you didn't watch it, Poirier kicked, there's a nerve right below your knee um, on your calf area. Yeah. The ner- which, and, and this nerve is uh, it, it's connected to your foot. And so when, when it gets destroyed, like Poirier destroyed Conor McGregor's, you can't move your feet. Nope. Which means you can't move. So when somebody swings at you, you can't step back. You have to take it. Mm-hmm. And so look with leg. And there was another fight. That ended, I mean, it, it made me really mad, but um, it ended the same way. Who who else got leg kicked to death recently? What was the other fight, Riley? I don't. Oh man, I can't remember. Are you, are you talking about the when he snapped his leg? Oh, is that the fight I'm talking about? He I was mean, getting leg kicked the entire time. Oh 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 um. That was Anthony Smith, I think, versus uh, shit, man. Who did he fight, dude? I, I know he was getting pieced apart on. Yeah, uh, he but, um, but the leg kicks the entire time. This man was just getting his legs destroyed. Look, yeah. it's a new it's a new trend in the UFC. It is going to cause massive issues with a lot of these. You know, I mean, we're used to we're used to big hands. You know what I mean? Like we're used to boxing. Yeah. We're, we're used to guys like McGregor and Sugar Sean. You know, just boxing you to death, man. If he Max if Holloway, he won, Max Holloway, great. I mean, GSP beat the crap out of people. Yeah. Yep. John Jones beat the crap out of people. Derek John Lewis Jones beat the is, crap is, out of people. Yeah, John Jones. You know, his striking is probably the Nate greatest Diaz. of all time. You know, Nate Diaz you know, ain't kicking nobody. He's punching you. Well, look, yeah. it's leg trend. I mean, Sean's Sean's part of this new gen. That's gonna have to deal with it. Usman yep. was even kicking in in his last fight. Like, yep. look, Sean's my point being, and then Sean. My point being is, I don't necessarily know that Sean is taking fighting seriously. He's sitting here doing podcasts. He's doing, you know, he's doing uh, streaming, and you know, he's probably making a considerable amount of money on top of what I'm sure is, you know, already nice looking bank account. Look, uh, you know, so. At this point, why not fight a bunch of bums, get your get some publicity, you know, add to a freaking crazy highlight reel 
and then use it to promote your streaming and, and YouTube and podcasts and just make more money off of that. You can sit around smoking weed all day and doing that shit. You know, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily have to fight because his fan base is when your fan base is this big and the dude isn't even ranked. Yeah, that's dude's it, not yeah. even ranked. That's okay. Facts. And and your his fan base is this big. I'm sorry, but at some point I have to question his, you know, his legitimacy. Yeah, not even legitimacy. The dude is insanely skilled, man. For him, he's in the Say UFC. This is yes. the best of the best, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, I I, question, not, like, his, his commitment. Yeah, we'll call it. his dedication and his commitment to to pursuing a championship, you know, because he doesn't need it. He doesn't need that publicity, dude. He 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 might be happy with the freaking sick YouTube highlight reel. And millions off of streaming and podcasts. And Look, like I said, we're big Sean fans. I love watching Sean fight. He's very creative. He's he's loose. You know, he reminds me a lot of Kevin Durant in the in his body figure and how he uses his advantage. <laughs> yeah, right? just very that, slim I mean, and very very slim shade. You know, just using his length to his advantage. It's a lot of fun to watch. It's just this kid picked this fight up. You know, to, you know uh, what? A month before the fight? Oh, dude, no, two weeks. Two weeks. It's been two he, weeks. Uh, his, two weeks. This young kid had two weeks to prep for Sean O'Malley, one of the biggest rising stars in the UFC, and mm-hmm. I, Sean's defense just—it looked that bad. So he backs up. I mean, he backs up when it comes down to it. You know, he doesn't really have no bag. Have, when we yeah. talk about Giannis, <laughs> when we talk about Giannis having no bag going, I mean, like. Sean's got like negative bag when it comes to defense. The defense, so Sean, dude. Sean yeah. doesn't even know what to do. Sean's comparable just trying to, to comparable to Trey Young's defense, if you will. <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, you know, Sean, you know, great fighter, lots of skill. I don't blame him if he doesn't want to take it seriously because I mean, you know, he's sitting here saying he'll move up to one forty uh five. Max will beat the bricks off of him. That not only Brad, not only Max, dude, but they're talking Alexander Volkanovsky, Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez, oh, the Korean Zombie, you know, Edson Barboza. Can you imagine what Edson oh, Barboza would do to Sean O'Malley with his kicks? Yeah, Can you cool. imagine? That would um, be and, and so, yeah, so you get the point. Um, you know, it's. It is what it is. I mean, shit, I hope I keep watching him fight regardless because it's entertaining as hell. Um, and, you know, he's just another part of the UFC's up-and-coming generation. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, yeah. that's what he is. We're calling it now. Uh, the next fight could be dangerous for Sean. Yep. <clears throat> it's got to be his first test if he's going to – If I mean, if it's not his first test, then kind of says it all. We'll talk about one more thing at UFC, and then uh, we'll wrap things up here. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about Usman, Izzy, Yuri. You know, they're, they're kind of the Francis. And the new current, faces you know. of the UFC. They're kind of this new generation leaders. Yep. Um, to be honest, I don't see many people competing against Usman right now. Um. Kobe Covington's the only name that comes to mind, and I just don't know, bro. I just don't know because after seeing what Usman did to Masvidal, I'm just like baffled. Yeah, and and Kobe already fought Usman. Kobe Come fought on. Usman great. Don't get that mistake. That no, was he Usman's did. hardest that was fight. To that date. was the hardest, hardest fight. fight to date. Okay, but I mean, shit. 
Jorge Masvidal took him to took him to you know a decision whether it was unanimous or not. He still got it to decision. And Uz, um, hey, didn't Masvidal take that fight late too? Took it on like a week notice, I believe. He took it on a week or two notice. Yeah, because Gilbert Burns pulled out. Look, yeah, because Burns pulled out. That's right. And you look, saw what I, he did. That you saw what he did to him in the in the rematch. I mean, oh we're talking about a rematch that Jorge knew he was getting, had planned for, had adjusted for, had made game plans for had really known what he was going to do was probably super confident in himself. Um, and I'm so mad. We didn't go to that fight. Yeah. Yeah. I heard about it. We'll make up for it. (laughs) So I don't see anybody competing with Usman, you know, for the foreseeable future. I agree. I mean, maybe this is, this is, I've told Riley this, and this is what I would love to see. Okay. I would love to see. So, you know, Connor, Conor McGregor, when he got done with his weight class, he went up one, right? And mm-hmm. he, set, he started setting the trend for people when they run out of competition in their weight class, go up a weight class and keep fighting. Well, yep. I would love to see Usman go up a weight class and take on who, Riley? His brother, Israel Adesanya. Do you know how, like, like why are we even questioning the fight? Like, why are we even questioning it? How much money that thing would sell? How much hype would be around that? I mean... I think it's mainly on the fighters. I think it's just because they're such close friends. I don't think, I don't care! Yeah, I don't really care either. And for... Dude, for... I mean, you can also say the same about Yuri. I mean, he could drop down a weight class. Okay. He could drop down a weight class and batter anybody. Riley and I are here to tell you about Yuri. So we're, we're, we're here to tell you two things. One, Currently Sean O'Malley. Currently second ranked in the world, lightweight, light heavyweight. Uh, yeah, he's light heavyweight. And, second and ranked. Yuri, so we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're losing, you know, we're selling a little stock on Sean O'Malley right now. Love man to death. But we're selling a little bit of stock there. We're buying a lot of stock on Yuri. If you Mendes, don't know guy, about Yuri Prohaska, go, go watch, watch his fight with Dominic Reyes. Go, go watch his fight man. with Dominic Reyes oh right goodness. now. This Do yourself a favor. He's disgusting. An animal. An animal. I mean, I've never, yeah. I haven't seen an animal like an actual. You know, a lot of people say Hamzat comes in here and says anywhere, anytime, anybody. Um, you know, I, I'll move up different weight classes. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna maul everybody. Yuri Prohaska is is the definition of that dude. He is that guy. Dominic Reyes is no is, is hey, no look, joke. Shit. No, he is joke. no joke, and he handled Dominic Reyes. And yeah, I feel dude. like nobody's talking about it. Like, I feel like people are like, oh, yeah, he got upset. And then, like, everything, like, piped down about Yuri. We just, we just stopped hearing about him. Yeah, that was not – to people who know Yuri's background, that was not that was not an upset. Yuri comes from a nope. lot of years of training um, with, with straight killers from other countries. I mean, we're talking black belt jiu-jitsu specialists. Um, Czech, he's from the, Czechos, he's from the uh, Czech Republic, so – um, if you didn't know, he also think about this. He also, when he's not training, he has a full-time job as a, as a roofer. That's ridiculous. All right, it, it go, go follow him on Instagram. He posts every day when he's not in the gym, he's up on a roof, um, putting shingles on, or he's up uh, doing some sort of construction. I mean, the dude does not take any breaks. No, he's this guy dog. is a, this guy is here to kill. If you're a betting person, it, look. If you're if you're a sports gambler, if you're into that, okay, he's going to be the massive underdog on his next fight. Take it. Yeah, take it. 
take it. Please bet the house on Erie. I, I am a huge, I'm a huge Jan Bohowicz, uh fan, man. You know, that's Polish power, legendary Polish power right there. Um, and Yuri's taking it. Yuri is going to take that fight with ease. With ease. I mean, don't, Yan will land some shots, but, uh, dude, you saw the shots that Yuri absorbed from Dominic and didn't, didn't even phase him. Dominic Reyes is no scrub. Get that through your head right now. Dominic He's Reyes not. went toe-to-toe with John Jones. Toe-to-toe with John Jones, okay? And Yuri yeah. came in, just walked him down the entire fight, took Dominic's best shots, and continued, didn't, did not show any sort of emotion, any sort of body language indicating that he even felt the shot, okay? He just walked him down the entire fight. One of the most violent fights I've ever watched, honestly. Yeah. I mean, no, it was but, brutal to watch, dude. It was a brutal fight to watch. In in two years, okay, I'm I, I'm predicting this right now. In two years, Yuri is going to be on top of his, is going to have the belt. He's going to have a defend or two on it, okay? And Yuri is going to start considering going down a weight class. He's not going to go up. Uh, look, making the making the jump from light heavyweight to you know real heavyweight, you know to France. Time. Weight, you see, yeah, you no, see what yeah, you, you see. John happening. taking his time. You see yeah. John taking. You have, his time. Well, you have to be good yeah. weight. It can't be. And it can't Yuri, be weight. Okay? Yuri goes and drops that drop drops no, that weight. I, he drop. batters anybody in middleweight, dude. He batters anybody. Uh, in middleweight. Look, uh, I'm if he goes down to Izzy, he's killing Izzy. If he dropped, you're if gonna he dropped, see Izzy get KO'd. If, if he, look, if you gave Yuri three weeks right now to drop weight, you gave him a month. You put him in camp right now and tell him he's fighting Izzy in August. He's killing Izzy in the ring. I'm not like I'm not playing. Go watch if you're you're into UFC, you're a sports betting person, okay, or you just you just want to see something new. You know what I mean? This podcast is mostly basketball and football. Occasionally, we're gonna do stuff like this. Get a UFC look. Go look Yuri up. It's it's a problem. You you won't be you won't regret it, man. You will not regret it. You know we're talking about the future of UFC. Yuri is a part of that future. Yep, without no. a doubt, man. Without it, without a doubt. But uh, that's all the time we have for today, guys. I appreciate you listening. Um, if you're interested, we got an Instagram and Twitter account. Um, we got a it's it's checkup under. What is it? Underscore? Yeah. Check up underscore pod. Um, we'll give it a follow. It'll give you the updates on new episodes and such. But um, yeah, that's all we got for today. So uh, I will see you next week.